This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. Welcome to all our guests again. We're glad you're here. Today's a little bit of a different day for us. We have, we're doing several times this summer. We did last month with uh, Adam and, and Melissa Hoffman. Uh, who are part of our global missions team. They were here with us today. Uh, Stan and Sandy Annenby are with us next month. Uh, Matt and Sylvie Glock are going to be with us from France. And then in just a couple of weeks, Janessa Long, who spent the last year in China with Campus Crusades, is going to be with us. We, we talk a lot about missions here, and, uh, and that's an important part of who we are and what we do as a church. We believe that's part of God's great commission is for us to be involved in missions in a lot of ways. And later on, we'll talk about how we're, we're just kind of hands-on in that thing. Yesterday, we did our surf camp, our second, I think, second surf camp of the summer, Diana. Is that right? And 24 young people came out. And uh, not only did they, were they taught to surf, but they heard the gospel. And uh, that's why, why we do that outreach here. Uh, we talked already about Operation Backpack and giving out school supplies to our community. And we feed our lifeguards. That's coming up in a couple Thursdays. Uh, we do that once a month. And a lot of different things that we do. Missions, outreach, sharing the gospel with the world is uh, part of our purpose here. Reaching people to discover life in Christ, whether they're in Nags Head or whether they're in some other place in the world, we want to be involved in that. Today, we're very blessed uh, to have with us Stan and Sandy Annenby, who are part of our global team and have been for the last 10 years, but this is only the third time they've been with us, and we only get to see them about every five years. So last time they were with us, they, were said, they said we were in the tiny little white building, and we did three Sunday morning services, and they remember that and how packed out they were. And, and so it's a little bit different setup here today, and, uh, but I want you to welcome them. They're going to come up and have a conversation with me. Would you let them know you're glad they're here today? All right, have a seat, and that should be on and ready to go, hot and ready to go. Um, we're glad to have you guys here, and glad for you to meet us, and a lot of our folks, our own church folks, have not ever seen you before, because uh, so many of them have come in in the last five years. So we want to talk about today about what the Anabies do, and, uh, and where they are, and how they minister, and, and it's kind of a unique kind of thing they do. Uh, all of our missionaries do different kinds of things. And uh, these guys do something I think that is really, really, really uh, interesting uh, because they've been down in Brazil for how many years? Ten, ten years. Yeah, use the mic. Sorry. All right, use it. Ten years. Ten years, been in Brazil, and they're going to talk about, um, uh, about, about what, what it is that they do. Um, you met their daughter, Raquel, and uh, she's here with them. They have another daughter, Jillian, uh, who is 25, 24, and she was here with us last time. And you might remember if you were here, she uh, played and or she sang uh, with, with Raquel. You guys all sang together. And she's up in, um, in Vancouver, and she's preparing herself to go into ministry herself. And uh, so we're excited. Uh, we miss her and wish that she was here with you. I know you do as well. You guys have had a good time, though. have been here for a few days and uh, been enjoying uh, the beach. And... Check out the fan. <laughs> all right. And so um, uh, let me... Um, let me ask you to, to kind of, in a nutshell, start off with this. Tell us what it is that you do in Brazil. What is, what is your, your role? What, what, what kind of work are you involved in, Stan? And don't go too into detail, because we're going to show a little video in just a moment. But 
Um, we work with Wycliffe Bible translators, and we work with the people that don't speak Portuguese, the language that Raquel speaks. See, there's Indian people in Brazil that speak only their indigenous language, and there are some tribes that uh, we don't know whether or not they're going to be candidates for a Bible translation, because if they speak only their indigenous language, we have to learn their language and translate the Bible for them to grow in the Lord. So they send me off to all these different remote spots where uh, they're not sure whether these tribes will be candidates for Bible translation, and I go there and I find out what language they speak, and I find out whether they speak Portuguese or not, and based on that, I make recommendations of how they can be best reached by the gospel. You're kind of uniquely fit for this work, I think, because uh, you have God's given you a talent, a skill set, where language comes easy to you, correct? Well, actually, I sort of, I enjoy languages, but I do have to spend time at them, All right, too. but how many languages do you speak? Well, maybe six, but I don't speak three of them that well. I'm sort of forgetting three of them. Well, most of us are that way with English, so that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. That's not a problem. And uh, you, you guys are Canadian, eh? Yeah. Eh, okay. And uh, um, how long have you, you've been doing this for 10 years, um, I, w- I want to know, find out. I'm, I'm curious, how did you get into this? How did you kind of, how did you fall into Sandy, you want to explain that? Sure, I'll explain that. Many years ago when Stan was uh, just finishing high school, about the same age as Raquel, he took a trip um, to uh, Jerusalem and he studied there for a year. He learned Hebrew in one year. He took courses in Hebrew and he realized that God had given him some Um, talents in language learning and he talked to a missionary who was serving there and he said well have you ever considered Wycliffe Bible translators so he wrote letters back then that you wrote to somewhere in Falls Church Virginia in Virginia and um, it just went from there we started take he started taking courses we married and then we went to um, school together we studied together and after that we were accepted by Wycliffe and were assigned to Brazil okay Um when, when you do this survey work, you're going back and you're discovering these languages and trying to discern, you know, these languages that, that maybe are in, not in any printed fashion. And, and what is the role that that plays in the larger, as we look at the larger view of missions and spreading the gospel, how does that fit? And what kind of what step is this and what goes beyond that? Well, uh, Bible translation is one of the things Uh, that you need for the Bible tells us we're supposed to make disciples right so there's foundational things that need to go on evangelism and Bible translation is uh, one of the things we need to build the church of God I don't know what you'd call it but I wouldn't say it's usually it's not the foundation usually there has to be a core people that come to the Lord and then the Bible helps them get strengthened and they get excited about reading the Bible so it's one of the steps in building the church and making disciples is is uh, translating the Bible. What would you say in Brazil, um, you've been there for 10 years, uh, language groups that, you're, that have no gospel witness, that have no printed literature, that how many, are, is it an estimate of how many just in, in Brazil that there are like that? Um, actually, there are fewer and fewer. Uh, there, there's uh, maybe a handful that are left. The ones that are strong needs have already, uh, because of a lot of them, because of my surveys, have had missionaries assigned to them. Now, there are also groups out in the jungle, maybe 60 groups, that haven't been contacted or that don't have any peaceful contact, that are hostile, 
And uh, we don't work with those people. The government doesn't allow it, and it's uh, very dangerous. And so other than those people, the, the need is pretty much being met. And that's in Brazil. What about the rest of the world? Are there still language groups in the rest of the world that we have not touched yet? Um, there's a lot, yeah, there's some greater needs in Asia. Larger language groups and groups that don't have a Christian presence and that really need the, the Bible in their language. Yeah. Okay, and so that kind of leads me to the next question. You guys have been in Brazil for 10 years and looks like things are about to change and you're about to make a move. Can you tell us about that, maybe where you'll be going and what you'll be doing and why it's so important that you go there? Mm -hmm. Um, A few years ago, uh, we were approached by um, somebody within Wycliffe and asked if we'd be interested in serving in Asia. And um, we've agreed to accept that offer. We prayed about it for a few months before we made our, our decision. So it looks like we're going to be going to Malaysia. And um, so after our furlough year, we'll be looking at an, at an assignment in, in Malaysia. There's huge needs there. Lots of, lots of language groups there? Yes. I'll let Stan answer that one. Okay. Well, this has sort of just happened, so I'm not the expert yet. I can't <laughs> answer. I don't think they're, it's as big as a country as Brazil, and I'm not sure. I think the language groups are larger, and they want me to do uh, what I've done in Brazil in Malaysia. Now, Malaysia is, if, and I, I'm, not, I'm not really 100% on this, but I believe Malaysia is predominantly a Muslim country. Yeah, it'll be a whole... What, uh, what are, and, and Brazil is, you know, nationally would be, would be a Catholic nation. Right. Uh, that would probably be a little bit more receptive to what you guys do, um, may, maybe not. But what, um, even though it's 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 predominantly a Muslim country in Malaysia, what are, are there some special challenges that that's going to present to you all? Yeah, and I'm not really sure. I, I said uh, Catholics weren't that receptive, and that's true. But you're probably also right in that maybe the Muslim would be even less receptive. And I know there's laws against any sort of a conversion, and so. Uh, it'll be a whole new kettle of fish, and we need you to pray for us. Pray for us also. We'll, we leave our, our oldest, our youngest daughter here. That's going to be a big, uh, big uh, item for prayer, and we're apprehensive about that. And that the Lord will, will guide us and give us wisdom. Okay. Uh, the, going back to the people in Brazil that you've been working with for 10 years and, and the, uh, the indigenous people mm-hmm. there, um, the, uh, the tribal folks, uh, the Indians who are, are there in Brazil... Uh, religion-wise, um, what what kind of religions do or religion do they have, and 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 how um, receptive are they to the gospel? Yeah, well, that varies a lot from tribe to tribe. Um, usually, the most common religion is uh, you know trying to manipulate God. So you get the sacrifices or the. Just right, and you'll get the right crops, and, and you'll be blessed financially, economically. So there's variations of that. Some of the religions are very, very strong, and they won't uh, have any uh, mixing with the Brazilian national population. But usually, what you call animism, there's spirits that you got to make happy so that they don't uh, demonize you or don't mess you up. So very superstitious people. Yeah, you call it superstition. Yeah, okay. yeah a lot of that scared of these. Paidumato, these apparitions of the devil all over the place and things like that. Okay. Um, have there been any particular um, physical dangers there in doing what you do? Have you ever 
kind of feared for your life other on than... On the back of a motorcycle. Other than, uh, yeah, other than like getting stuck in the mud and those kinds of things. <laughs> you know, the Lord's been with me, and I pray before and during surveys, and I feel like I go with the Holy Spirit, and so, you know, honestly, I just feel blessed in these, in these villages, even though we have situations where you run into demonized people and the completely non, non-churched, non-Christian people, I... I I just feel the presence of the Lord with me, guiding me. So, no, I haven't really felt a lot of fear there in the, in the rural areas. I felt, felt welcome and felt the Lord with me. Um, Sandy, maybe you can um, talk about um, uh, living in, in Brazil. Um, some special challenges there have been as a family and, and with your children and maybe you know, health issues and that kind of thing. Can you share some of those kind of challenges that you have by living not living here at home and whether it be Canada or the United States where we've got, kind of got so much, there's not so much there. And maybe uh, have you been able to, to apply your, your training as a nurse and, uh, and, be, and been able to use that? Yes, I've had uh, a wonderful opportunity to serve in nursing. I went with a medical team into a remote area of Brazil and with a doctor and uh, nurses and dentists and a physiotherapist. And that was very, very exciting. Uh, it just really is shocking, though, um, how a lot of people don't have access to health care. So they really do rely on, it's not just a fun trip to say you, you did a missions, medical missions trip. It's, it's a real need that these, these people have, and it's very simple things to treat that they, they don't have medicine for. So um, that's what we were involved in, is just doing very basic, basic care and things that can kill somebody. They can take a medicine, one medicine and solve the problem. So that was a real privilege to, to be part of that, that team. As far as personal challenges, I think it would be the same for anybody um, going to a new culture and having to learn a new language. Um, that was my biggest challenge. I don't think it was so much for my girls because as a child it's much easier to learn a, a second language, but for me that, that was the challenge. Um, um, but I had wonderful friends there that I've had to say goodbye to, which was, was really hard. Um, I can't really say that it was hard living in Brazil. <laughs> I think that there's some places in the world that are more difficult to live in, but we just felt so privileged to, to be in, in Brazil. It was such a, a real blessing um, to serve there, um, and the food's wonderful, the culture's beautiful. There's a lot of needs there still. There's a lot of needs in, this, in these remote areas. So. All right, so you're with... Um with Wycliffe, um, and uh, I, I'm not sure how many folks are familiar with them, but uh, maybe a little bit about where they are in the world and kind of how they're how how they uh, how their um, how their focus maybe has. You 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 made the statement a little bit earlier, Stan, about how that there's not so many of these language groups left in Brazil. Um, I've always heard that missionaries, their goal is to work themselves out of a job. How is that happening around the world with Wycliffe? I think Brazil Branch is a, a wonderful model of how you can work yourself out of a job. They've been serving there for many years. We are not only involved in Bible translation, but we are also involved in training national workers. And they don't like that word national anymore, but Brazilian workers. The Brazilian church is actually very strong. The evangelical church is growing. Um, and people are, are uh, getting education, and that's one of the areas that Stan has also been involved in, which wasn't on the, on the DVD, but he's been training 
um, Brazilians in areas of linguistics so that they can continue on the work after expatriates go home, the work can continue there. Okay. Uh, for us uh, here in, in, you know, in, in the United States, uh, we have, we have uh, such easy access to a copy of the Bible. I'm sure probably everybody in this room owns at least one, and any time we want, we can pick up the Bible and read it in our own language. Mm-hmm. And so what, what you guys do and what Wycliffe does is to identify these languages that don't have yet, have never heard the gospel it's amazing to me to the concept that there are people in this world who have never heard of Jesus, but there are. And you're finding them and identifying them and going into them and telling them who he is and, and, uh, and so that they can not only hear it in their own language, but eventually, hopefully one day, have their own copy of the Word of God. That's an amazing thing. And uh, I, I think that's an incredible work uh, that, that you all and, and Wycliffe and SIL are involved in. Uh, what you do. Um, you're home for a year. When I say home um, in, uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, for a year uh, on something called furlough. You want to describe that to us? Take a few minutes and tell us what... Fur- furlough is supposed to mean a rest. <laughs> I just talked to someone this morning in the foyer who said that company is like fish. After three days, it starts stinking. <laughs> and uh, so we hang out at people's houses for days and days and days. And that's sort of what furlough is for a lot of the time. Uh, it's been great here at Nags Head. We've had Bernie's house. He's not here. So uh, we felt real welcome. Did he give you? Did he, does he know you're here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying it so much I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we travel and visit all the different supporting churches. We have churches in Ontario, Quebec, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Carolina, and uh, in British Columbia. So we do an awful lot of traveling, and the Lord's been good to us, but it's also stressful. And we just love coming back here because you're the only church we have here, so it's just one church, and we can just holiday, and boy, is it ever nice. (laughs) Yeah, so we thank you so much. You guys have been so supportive. You guys, uh, and a lot of churches forget uh, so to send money or, or just uh, or, uh, giving goes down, but this has been the opposite. What's happened in your church, the giving goes up every year. So that's just an amazing thing, and we're just so grateful, and so we just love visiting you. That's so while you're on me. furlough, you're our, our, at, let me ask you this. You have to raise your own support. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no church, no denomination that says, write you a check and says, go down there and do the work. Mm-hmm. You've got to, before you go, you've got to approach churches and, and believers and say, here's who we are, here's what we do. Uh, if you can help us get there, we would love to have you on our team. And, and so furlough for you is, is doing some, for lack of a better term, use a, a fundraising kind yeah, of a right. thing. Uh, how do you do that? Well, when we were in British Columbia, me and my brother caught an octopus. Remember, you sent us to get the octopus. And uh, we just jumped in and grabbed him. And the octopus, you can't hang on to it for very long. It just slides out. So we had to, as we walked, keep on grabbing the different tentacles. And it was sliding out. And the furlough is a little bit like that with the different churches. You have to have uh, in touch with a lot of churches. And uh, you've got you to gotta keep in touch with them. And they slide out, except for Nag's head, <laughs> which uh, is just sucked on to us. (laughs) Anyway, 
But so, yeah, that's what furlough's like, just keeping in contact with all the different churches that support us, and, and, uh, and that's what it's like. Okay. Um, <laughs> we just sucked on to you. And, uh, I haven't heard it explained that way before from a missionary. All right. Um, what, what, uh, I, I'm sure that, that probably Wycliffe says, here's your, here's your support level, here's what you need to have. Okay, can I ask you, percentage-wise, where are you at your support level? Uh, we're not quite at 100%, but we're close enough to 100%. Close enough. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but you could use a little bit more. I think so, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me throw out a little, little advertisement here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these folks uh, have been part of our team for 10 years, and, and w- as you just heard from Stan with his illustration of the octopus, uh, we, we take missions, supporting missions, very, very seriously here. And, uh, and, and as you know, in the uh, way the economic times are right now, what happens in a lot of churches is when, because of the economy, giving goes down in the churches, and the first things that they cut out are their missionaries. And we're committed not to do that. Uh, we find some other creative ways to make ends meet here, but we, you know, because you can't say to somebody who's in India or Brazil or another country, China, hey, sorry, but we can't help you out anymore because they can't do much. Of, you know, I mean, and you, 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 you've known missionaries that have had to come home from the field because their support went down. Um, and, and there are some folks here in this church because we have folks from a lot of places here. We have a lot of guests here today. And maybe you'd like to learn more about getting on their global team, uh, whether it's you as an individual or maybe your church would be interested in, in, in getting to know the Annenbees and the work that they do. Uh, on your outline that you have there on your notes, there uh, is some contact information, uh, their email address, as well as uh, they're all on Facebook. And uh, I'm, I'm friends with Sandy and just became friends with Raquel. Stan's not my friend yet, but... <laughs> I just got to say, I like you. Oh, you like me? Okay. <laughs> uh, just, uh, and, uh, but if you'd like to get in touch with them, if you'd like to know more, and certain, they will be here after we finish uh, this morning. They have a table set up, and they're going to be out there, and they've got some, they got some Brazilian stuff, uh, look like some weapons, and, some, and so, you know, that always attracts the kids, you know, to blow darts and those kind of things. Where's mom? And, uh, you know, so... Um, they brought some of those kind of things, uh, but, but they would love to talk to you and give you their information, and I would encourage you uh, to do that. Um, what other ways, uh, besides, and financially, you know, you're part of our team, and we view you as part of our, our, our church's outreach in the world. What are some other ways that we as a church can be supportive um, of the Anambies uh, as they get ready to go to this next chapter in their lives in Malaysia? Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a, um, a new field for us. So once again, we'll be in a new country, learning a new language, and uh, we're, we're not that young anymore. So we'd appreciate your prayers um, just for that adjustment as well as for our daughters, um, who will be, remain in North America studying, that's a stressful thing, especially for a mother, to, to leave her single daughters. Um, so if you wouldn't mind uh, just remembering us 
you're so faithful in your giving. And once again, I just want to thank you so much. I look around this room, and each one of you have been part of the ministry in Brazil. And um, the fact that you have been faithful to us, it's enabled us to stay there. Our, one of our closest friend missionaries had to go home because their, their support dropped down to 50%. And that hasn't happened to us. And you, we just are so grateful for everything that, that you've done. And we just really appreciate that. And we do appreciate your prayers um, as you pray for missionaries that you would continue to pray for us. You guys have a, have a, a newsletter that you send out? We sure do. Real regularly, right? Uh, about three to four times a year. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and if, if people email you and say, can you put me on that list? You bet. Okay. We'll add them. One thing um, that I wanted to bring out, Stan, you might, uh, you know, just put out a challenge to folks about this, um, is that, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in this room, and, um, you know, 99% of us probably will never pack up and leave and go to another country uh, to do something like what you're doing. But we still have a, an opportunity right where we are to do missions. Um, what would you say to folks about, about looking around and, and as, as God gave you this, um, this uh, interest in languages and this desire to learn languages, and then he turned and he used that to do what you're doing. What would you say to people here about, about their interests and their, what they do in life and how God can use them right where, right where we are? Yeah, well, God created us each as individuals, and so the thing to do is to pray that you'll spend a lifetime detecting what God created you to be and then use that to his glory right here. And there's a lot of needs right here as well, and Pray the Lord will lead you to people who are needy because the needy people are the ones who respond. People who have it all together aren't. Even the Lord had a hard time with the rich young ruler who didn't have a lot of needs. So just pray that God will reveal what he wants you to do day by day. All right. In a few minutes, we're going to uh, kind of be a blessing to them. Uh, we're going to receive a special love offering for the Anabies. And, I've, I, and I, don't know, I don't know if Raquel will talk with you about this, Dan. But I, I, said, I said, you need to talk to Dad about maybe splitting that offering and so half of it can go to help you get to Thailand. You know, I think that's right, don't you? Don't you? Uh, okay. And uh, All right, so uh, she does. All right, so uh, we're going to do that in a few moments, and uh, so you might be thinking about what you can do there um, if you want to... Um, if you want to write a check, you can make it out to Nags Head Church, and then everything that comes in this, this special offering is going to go uh, right to uh, Stan and Sandy and Raquel and uh, to help them in what they do. But uh, it, it, let me also say, there, you guys are here till Tuesday. Tuesday. When, when do you leave? Tuesday morning, you pull it out. So just another couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get in touch with them, maybe you'd like to invite them uh, to have lunch with you or uh, uh, discover the other day they like Tubbs hot dogs. And, uh, uh, but uh, if you'd like to maybe have them over uh, for a little bit and spend some time with them, I think they'd be wide open to that and uh, enjoy doing that. So, you know, be sure you stop by and talk with them and chat with them and, and say, hey, we're glad you came to Nags Head and uh, we're glad uh, to be part of your team. Introduce yourself to them. Say, hey, you've got our prayers and, uh, and, and thank them for what they do, uh, for giving their lives. Um, to do this kind of work. I think it's an amazing thing, don't you? Let's show them how much we appreciate them being with us today. (laughs) 
This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.